0: grace and peace to you and welcome to faith lutheran church my name is candace wassell i'm the pastor here at faith it is such a joy to have you visit with us you are welcome so welcome in every part of faith's community you are welcome to join us in person at worship on sundays you're welcome to visit us online you're welcome in our mission and our fellowship and most important You are welcome at the Lord's table.
1: Our first reading for today comes from the Acts of the Apostles, the first first chapter, verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 26. In the days between Jesus' ascension and Pentecost, Peter oversees the process whereby one of the members of the community of believers is chosen to be the 12th apostle in order to fulfill the vacancy created by Judas' treachery and death. Beginning at the 15th verse. In those days, Peter stood among the believers, together with a crowd numbered about 120 persons, and said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered among us and was allotted his, his share in this ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also known as Justice and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them And the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the 11 apostles. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading comes from 1 John, the fifth chapter, verses 9 through 13. God has borne witness to the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Whoever believes in the Son of God believes in the witness of God and has the promise of eternal life. Beginning at the ninth verse. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his son. Those who believe in the son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the word of God.
0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Jesus prayed, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that the Scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. At the heart of our Christian faith is the belief that from the cross, Jesus mediates for us. That somehow, in a seemingly routine death at the hands of a Roman occupying force, Jesus was at work atoning for the sins of the world. My life for theirs, Jesus says. And God listens and responds, saying to Jesus, for your sake, I will offer them mercy and eternal life. That is the core of what we believe. It is a promise for future salvation at the end of this life. And it should bring us great comfort. But in our gospel reading today, we see that Jesus is at work mediating for us here and now also. His saving work is not limited to our eternal lives. But now I am coming to you, he says, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. That is what he prays to God the Father. Here and now, that they may have joy. Now... Jesus wouldn't pray like this for his disciples unless he sees something. Something threatening their well-being, their joy, and their purpose. Why else would he need to pray for it? And just what is it that Jesus sees in their lives? Well, perhaps he sees something like Carl Norden saw in World War II that led him to invent this. Now, I'm waiting for any of you aviators you know what this is? Anybody? Any what? Well done, men. Good job. Yes, it is the Norden bomb site. Made because up until the bomb site was developed, there was no such thing as precision bombing. Bombs were dropped indiscriminately somewhat from planes and areas with the goal of simply destroying lots of stuff and people and demoralizing your enemy into submission. But Carl Norden saw vulnerabilities, or choke points, in the Axis powers, war-making capabilities. Like, for example, a ball-bearing plant in Germany that made all the ball-bearings Germany needed to wage war with. Now, if you take out that plant, or I think there are a couple of plants, in that same area, then you take out Germany's ability to wage war. You don't have to drop lots of bombs. You just have to drop a few bombs accurately. And in order to drop a bomb accurately, on these choke points better technology was needed. And so he invented this bomb site and with it, a more efficient way to bring an enemy to its knees. It wasn't heavily utilized in World War II, but it points out choke points nonetheless. Vulnerabilities that the enemy can exploit to bring life to a screeching halt. Now, we saw that up close and personal this week when cyber terrorists shut down the colonial pipeline, shutting down gasoline supplies to entire region. Not one shot was fired Not one bomb dropped, but it certainly brought lives to a screeching halt. Not only that, it turned folks against each other. There was fighting at gas stations and arguments amongst ourselves about why this happened and what we need to do about it. It's pretty effective messing with choke points. Perhaps that's what Jesus saw when he looked into the lives of the disciples. Vulnerabilities in their lives that, if exploited, could shut down their lives, shut down their joy, shut down the work of baptizing and disciple-making that he was leaving in their hands. He knows he's leaving. He's got work for them to do. And he knows that the evil one knows our choke points. He even says in his prayer that the evil one has already taken down one of his disciples. So what was Judas' choke point? Money, apparently. Maybe he owed somebody. Maybe he had debts. Or maybe he just wanted something in his life that he couldn't afford. Whatever the reason, it was a choke point in his life, a place where the devil could squeeze him into submission. It makes me wonder, if Jesus looked into my life, if I could overhear his prayer for me, what would he be praying for on my behalf? What are the choke points in my life? Where can the devil, the powers of this world, or my own sin, or however you understand evil, where could it strike in my life and squeeze me into submission? For me, it's my mental health, it's my children, it's my job. All places that would paralyze me if they came under attack. What are your choke points? What are the things in your life that turn you inward on yourself, that pull you away from the work that God has set aside for you? Where are the places of vulnerability that could bring your life to a screeching halt, rob your joy, and pull you into anxiety and self-preservation mode and away from God? Now, I'll be honest and tell you that sometimes even the fear of those things getting messed with in my life is enough to bring me to a screeching halt. The devil has gotten a good bit of mileage out of just making me aware of my vulnerabilities and how dear they are to me. I can't tell you how much time I have wasted on the work God has set aside for me because I'm too busy frantically trying to cover up my choke points and protect them. But that is precisely the immediate reality Jesus is praying over. He prays God's protection into our lives right now. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I am asking you to protect them from the evil one. Jesus mediates. He prays on, our, he prays on behalf of behalf. Of us concerning our lives here and now because it is the here and now that matters it is here and now where people need hope it is here and now where we get discouraged it is here and now where children need to be fed it is here and now where people need some hope of forgiveness and mercy it is here and now that people need to be released from shame and fear so Jesus prays for here and now and notice something Jesus did not pray That we wouldn't have vulnerabilities. That is not what he asked for. That we wouldn't have these choke points. We live in a broken world and things are going to happen to us. Either through our sin or the sin of someone else or just the randomness of this chaotic world. And Jesus says very clearly, God, I am not asking you to take them away from this world. I'm not asking for you to create a utopia for them. I'm asking you to protect them. I'm asking you, Father, to provide them cover and care and healing. That's what this word protect means in Greek. It's a little word that says eo, and it means attend to. We translate it protect, but it really is attend to them. Bind up their wounds. Show them care. Give them shelter. Attend to them when they've been brought to their knees. Attend to them so they can get back up and begin again. And our good news this morning is that Jesus is persuasive. The same God who hears Jesus mediate on our behalf from the cross is the same God who hears him now and responds by attending to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that look like? I had a thought about tying in World War II again and seeing God at work in this huge world-changing war. And I have... I have that story, and I love those big, epic stories. I really do. But I find more and more myself focusing local, and I find more and more that God is just as profoundly at work attending to us in the most simple, small ways. So I'll save that big story for another sermon, and I'll just tell you an absolutely simple one from my own life and my own choke points in the last two weeks. As I said, one of my choke points is my kiddos. Like so many of you, like, I, I mean, that all of us are like that, I think. And like so many of you, when your kiddo gets sick, it shuts things down. And so a few weeks ago, um, it was a busy week coming up and two parishioners need me to be there for them. Two different sets of parishioners. One needed me for a small prayer service at their father's funeral. And the other one needed me to be there with them in prayer as they face surgery. So everything was all set up. My husband's out farming, but I got child care for for days. I would just drop Julian off that morning at child care, and I'd head over to the one parishioner's house to pray with them before surgery. Then I'd get on the road and head to the funeral home, where I would lead the other family through a prayer service before the visitation. And then the night before, 101 fever. And so I was just going to call Grandma in. But then I started feeling feverish. And you know, had it been any other time, I would have just had Grandma come anyway, I'd have popped the Tylenol, and I'd have carried on, right? But this is COVID, and the devil loves COVID, and that's a little risky these days. So things just came to a screeching halt, and I realized with utter panic that I am not going to be able to care for these people. These people who needed a pastor, these people who needed someone who knew them, these people who needed someone who cared for them, who could pray over the very specific vulnerabilities in their lives. What was I going to do? And then, out of nowhere, a thought showed up. There's this couple here at Faith who know both these families. Who is dear to both these families and they have led prayer services before and they are expert prayers and so I called them and they said we'll go and they did And what I learned is that they ended up saying things and doing things that I could not have even done in those moments because they had these longer relationships with these brothers and sisters people of God that was Jesus praying. Jesus praying not only on my behalf, but on the behalf of the people who needed care that day. That's Jesus providing cover for our choke points. That's the Holy Spirit attending to our vulnerability, stepping in not to fix the problem, but to care and protect and love us through the problem. That's what it looks like when Jesus mediates on our behalf here and now, and that's what it will look like when he mediates on our behalf in eternal life. Thanks be to God that it starts right now. Thanks be to God that Jesus attends to us through each other here and now. God bless us to this holy work. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of Scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor. And you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be.